Hi everyone and welcome to Ranger Pod, the weekly podcast where we badly auditions for karate commercials one episode at a time. I'm Grax and I'm the guy who knows nothing about Power Rangers and usually we would have our resident expert PDT, but uh, unfortunately he's been called out. He's been called out to a peace conference in Switzerland and it was a really important conference to attend, so he's going to be out of action for a little while. But because we need an expert on the show, we managed to get in one of Ranger Pod's biggest fans on the show to fill in PDT's shoes. So let me introduce to you all, Quinn. Hi, Grax. Hi, everybody. Hi, Quinn. How are you doing? Uh, I'm fine, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm getting all excited to talk about this episode of Ranger Pod because it is... Ah, uh, it just—it's just weird. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, there's there's going to be a lot to get through, so <laughs> hopefully we don't go on for too long. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, for everybody who doesn't know who you are, and that's kind of impossible because you talk to us on a regular basis on Twitter. <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Who are you and uh, what are you doing here? Uh, so, yeah, I'm Quinn. I hail from East London. I am sort of an expert in Power Rangers in the same way that PDT is. I would say that Pete probably has an edge over me, but hey, I've got a, a green morpher, green ranger morpher, so I'm doing one better in that respect. Yeah. I'm a musician mainly, play drums, so I've been in a few bands. I used to run my own podcast called The Wasting Time Podcast, sort of dealt with pop punk and punk rock and interview musicians and stuff like that. But the question is, how does all that interesting history of yours, how does that relate to Power Rangers? What's your story Uh, with Power Rangers and Zoo Rangers? Well, I used to watch Power Rangers as a kid, absolutely loved it, had all the toys, sort of didn't watch it as a teenager, felt I'd grown out of it a little bit, but now... I'm 29 years old and I rediscovered it a few years ago and I've I've kind of watched through it all all the way through MMPR to the end of Power Rangers in Space which is the sixth series of the Zordon era and I thoroughly enjoy it all well most of it anyway so uh yeah I kind of know what I'm talking about I've seen it all plenty I discuss it online with some people here I am to discuss it with you guys Right, well, as you said, we've got a lot to talk about, so uh, why don't we get straight into episode 32 of Ranger Pod, entitled A Star Is Born. Now, I've watched this episode, and I've made some notes, and I, I usually at this point, I would give a synopsis of about three minutes, give or take, but the trouble is, there is so much stuff going on that I, I don't think I can... so make... much to get through, isn't there? I... We're going to have to talk about why there's so much stuff, because I'm desperate to know, but I'm going to try my hardest to cram it all in. So Cram it all in. Mm. I'm going to sit, I'll sit back and let you do your thing. Okay. I will only interrupt if I feel it's absolutely necessary. Okay. Go for it. So, we see our heroes at high school, and hey, guess what? It's Tommy. He's going for an audition for a TV commercial. But Bulk is also auditioning for said TV commercial for karate, so Tommy shows off some... to. Uh, shows off to Bulk and then Bulk skull slips away because they know Tommy's the best at karate. Meanwhile, on the moon, Rita is sleeping. She feels a bit sleepy and wants a nap. So Goldar capitalizes on this opportunity to send down the monster to obliterate the Power Rangers, who just so happen to be at the beach right now, relaxing, playing some beach ball, whatever, except for Tommy who's rehearsing. Oh, look, it's Bulk and Skull. They turn up at the beach because Bulk wants to tan up for his TV commercial auditions. And so after discharging an entire bottle of sun cream over Bulk's face, Skull decides to apply some mayonnaise on 
and bulks naked skin as if it was sun cream. So later on the day, Tommy's doing some stretching and bulk approaches Tommy to let him know he's got the part, but it actually turns out the bulk's completely covered in sunburn. But that doesn't really matter because he now, bulk at this point, goes into the audition room and starts to show his office moves in front of all the TV executives. And so he's doing his karate kind of flailing around like a moron and uh, obviously this leaves a, 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 an impression on the ladies so back at the beach the five heroes are playing volleyball and then, oh no it's Scorpina she's on the beach it's morphing time at 7 minutes and 13 seconds so the five power rangers they fight Port Scorpina and the putties on the beach and then Scorpina pulls out a little pet worm that spits out red sticky fluid which completely encapsulates the five rangers in a giant red cylinder that teleports that the heroes cannot punch out of teleport out and it blocks communication to the command center <gasps> oh no so then the putties then push the red cylinders off the cliff into the ocean because that seems like a good idea but meanwhile at the command center Alpha and Zordon spots this problem they try to contact Tommy but Tommy took off his wrist communicator so he could do the audition come on God Tommy damn it Tommy you're a hero! You can't be wasting times with your... Anyway, uh, can't talk about that just at this moment in time. Uh, so Tommy does the audition. He really does some cool karate moves, which really excites all the ladies in the room. And back at the Red Cylinders, the Power Rangers think, hey, hey, let's try shooting our way out. And so they do, and it works great. At this point, Zordon then tells Alpha to immediately teleport the Power Rangers into the Zords because Goldar has sent down Babe Ruthless, the baseball monster. Wait, who? Where did he come from? <laughs> Never you mind. Because Goldar and Scorpina and Babe Ruthless, the baseball monster, are now giant size. So now we see a pretty exciting fight sequence between the three giant monsters and the individual dinosaurs that last for about a minute. Blah, blah, blah. Back at the high school, Tommy goes, whoops. I've I've got ten missed calls on my wrist communicator. He morphs into the Green Ranger and summons the Dragon Swords and joins in the fight. So at this point, the heroes they form the Dragon Sword in battle mode and they fight the three monsters, def deflecting gla gas clouds and a giant red ball, a literal giant red ball. And then Babe Ruthless decides to commit suicide by directly running at the power staff that the Dragon Sword in battle mode holds, and he's now dead. But back at the moon, Goldar says, You haven't won yet! Even though he's a giant in the city a moment ago, he's now reverted to No, it's fine, don't worry about it. Because Scorpina's now reverted to human forms, which means the Power Rangers to jump out of their Zords. She makes her giant worm grow to giant size, so the heroes jump back into the Zords, which then goes in which which has actually stopped being Dragon Sword in battle mode. They reform to more the Mega Zords, they fight, 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 giant worm spits out some more red threads and traps the Megazord in the cylinder. Uh, which the Dra Dragonzord then cuts with his tail, sets the Megazord free, then the Power Rangers, they form the Mega Dragonzord and shoot their Z-branded energy ball at the giant worm, obliterating it. Rita wakes up, shouts at the minion, and the episode ends with everybody at the gym and juice bar watching the karate commercial and both Bulk and Skull got in it, but it turns out Bulk was the before karate class actor and Tommy's the after class actor. After karate class actor. Everybody laughs. The... End. Whoo! Blimey! Yeah. Do you need some oxygen after that? Oh yeah, give me some of that because this stuff. Because I think I forgot <laughs> to breathe for about two minutes. How long was that anyway? Uh, uh I don't know. That must. That was <laughs> going on three, three and a half minutes. I think. Ah. Oh, so um. Yeah. So that's episode wow. thirty-two, and there is so much going on, isn't there? I don't understand why there's so much going. On. Okay. All right. It was exciting and intense. But really disorienting and confusing. Yeah, especially towards the end. There's a lot of like jumping back and forth between different things, different bits of the Zoo Ranger shows that they've kind of spliced together because they've used two different Zoo Ranger episodes for this episode. If that wasn't obvious already, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there seems to be two distinct themes going on. One is yeah. the beach theme, and then the other one is it's the baseball monster, which was never even mentioned 
at all in the no, entirety. Just of suddenly, episode. like fifteen minutes into the episode or something, he's like, "Oh, here's Babe Ruthless," and you're like, "Where the did he come from?" I know. It's got no build-up, no explanation, not even related to any of the themes of the episode. And there no, he is, not at all. And it's like he—he he seems like he's an okay monster. I think he would have been quite fun in in the episode, but no, he just gets a brief introduction yeah. and an even briefer, briefer death. It's just like. Here's the monster, here's a fight scene, here's his death. I mean, the fighting was quite cool, I guess. And like, I like the fact that all the Zords are separate. And they're yeah, fighting the individual. I knew you'd like that. It's all the individual sword fighting yeah, for I, quite a long time. So it's not like it's just you see like Triceratops firing its guns and then it's like Megazord mode. Like there's a bit of teamwork going on towards the end. They're, like, they're trying to figure out like a strategy. Like yeah. Billy kind of turns to Zack and is like, we need to like flank them. Yeah. And then there's like a whole little scene after that where they kind of like think they've won, but they haven't. And and all the time, Jason's like trying to bark at orders and do some stuff. <laughs> that, that was actually, I noticed after watching the episode, he's like, okay, this is quite exciting, but now they're in the cockpits and they're talking and they're talking and uh, wait a minute, I know what you're doing, Power Rangers. You're filling for time. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of filling for time in this episode, despite them cramming a lot into the episode at the same time. It's re- it's a really weird mixture between they've got all of this footage to choose from, from yeah. across from across two episodes of Zoo Ranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sort of, like you say, they seem to be kind of like trying to buy little bits of time here and there. When you're trying to cram all that into a 20-minute episode, you wouldn't think you'd need to buy yourself time or fill for time or... Yeah. uh, It's an odd one, but... It it really is. And there is no... One thing I kind of noticed was, well, I'm sure you noticed it as well, where um, once they defeated Babe Ruthless, everyone just kind of reverts back to the human forms. And I just thought it's quite humorous. They're going, okay, we're in our Megazords now. Oh, wait, Scorpina's down there. We better jump out of our Zords. Oh, no, wait. She's great again. We better yeah. jump right back in. It's like, this is, why did you just stay in there? It just this blast is what them. I'm talking about. Why not? Like, it's not as though even that that scene of them back like just as rangers facing human Scorpina mm. is even like relevant to the plot or like that you need to have seen it. They could have just cut to the bit where Scorpina and the worm have both grown to monster size and just carried on the fight from that point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but like you say, they kind of like jump out of the Zords. They like face Scorpina for 10 seconds and then they all jump back into the Zords. Mm. And it's just like it's just like a waste of complete waste of time. But but it just felt so rushed. And like Zordon, as soon as the heroes got out of their cocoon, which are the red cylinder in a, yeah. about a second, he was like instantly, quick, Alpha, we gotta move this plot along. Just don't worry about anything else. Just teleport them straight <laughs> into their Zords. Yeah. Don't give them any time to breathe, which apparently they couldn't do in the cylinder. And just get them fighting, fighting, fighting. We need some action. Yeah, we've had enough uh, toy commercials. We just need to see some fighting at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It, it. it just feels like it's a little bit of a a, a mess in places. And it, I mean, it, it must have been an editing nightmare for the poor guys around to sort of splice all this footage together. And not only that, but it's also just trying to write something to begin with. Because yeah. it's actually quite a slow start to the episode and yeah we would you say it's like seven minutes until they morph yeah. and it's kind of like it, it is this sort of it almost it, it feels like they're setting up some sort of plot and then it kind of just all falls apart when the monsters come along it's like right no just fight scene fight scene fight scene fight scene fight scene and then there's like a little bit of tommy in between <laughs> wait that's a good question what is the main plot line of this episode is, is it the karate commercial is it the beach 
Is it baseball? W- which one well, of these is it? I think it's got to be. I mean, the, the episode title is A Star Is Born, so yeah. it's got to be the karate commercial. Mm-hmm. Whether the star is Bulk or Tommy is uh, <laughs> is debatable. Well, they're both they're both heroes in my books, really. <laughs> I, uh, I I made a little note while I was watching Bulk, like chop all his paper up in the air. It's like he's like the early nineties Star Wars kid, isn't he? From <laughs> yeah. those like viral YouTube videos back in the day. Absolutely. Like if, the, if there was YouTube in 1993, he would have been that guy. Yeah, in like in like 320 by 320 quality yeah. ratio, yeah. potato <laughs> quality. It's like, oh no. And then they have post-production lightsaber effects. Yeah. Yep, that would be brilliant. But the thing is, like, he's he actually gave it a proper go at it. And oh, yeah. I, like, I admire not... him for, like, just to have the sheer uh, balls to actually come but, in and yeah. just make a fool of himself and, and break a chair. One of the notes I've got is that no matter how Bulk and Skull are anything, they keep coming back and they keep trying. Like, they're not quitters in any way, shape or form. Like, they're never deterred. No. They're, ne- they're never put off by what other people say about them. Like, yeah, okay, a lot of people are kind of just telling them to back down because they're being, like, obnoxious or they're, or they're bullying. But when they when they sort of like have their mindset on achieving something, they don't let anyone tell them they can't do it. They keep coming back time and time again, mm. convinced that they're going to achieve something by. Uh, I mean, admittedly, they never put any thought or practice into whatever it is they're doing. But no, not at all. <laughs> um, but Bulk's just like, no, I'm going to win this commercial, and and ultimately he does in a way. Yeah, he he's not the the sort of action hero karate kid that tommy is at the end no but he's made his way into a commercial by putting himself out there and making it making a of himself granted but (laughs) um he's done it and i think that's sort of that's quite commendable it makes you forget that he's a bully so that he has to do things to remind people that he's actually a bully by walking into the beach which i have to say he's looking pretty stylish with nothing but shorts, swim shorts, a yeah. naked top, and a leather jacket. It's like, wow, yeah, he's rocking the look. I didn't understand that bit, because Tommy says he can't go to the beach because he's got to do the karate audition, yet somehow Bulk and Skull have gone to the beach when they're meant to be doing the karate audition. Oh, yeah. But then, they're, but then they're back at the school in time for the karate audition. To get sunburned. I mean, that takes a while yeah. to get sunburned. So what type of crazy time vortex loop malarkey is this i I have no idea this is to be like the the high school is next door absolutely next door to the beach i think in the world of power rangers the high school is everywhere and nowhere (laughs) it it is wherever the writers need it to be that episode wow what a messed up universe (laughs) (laughs) oh Uh, just just talking about the karate stuff and like yeah yeah the like Right back at the very, very start of the episode, like when Bulk and Tommy have their little interaction in the corridor, like nothing screams macho karate man than waving a pink scarf around, does it? (laughs) That little, like Tommy's chops later on, his moves when he's actually doing the audition, like they are incredible. I mean, they may be a little bit over the top and obviously played up for the show. But that's his character. But that is his character. But yeah, he like just steals bulks pink bandana thing and just starts waving it around in front of his face um it's such a weird i wasn't little... very um motivated by that I was, and it was a bit fem it, it wasn't very masculine i'm just gonna say it right now it doesn't yeah. look very hard i mean it's something that one would do in a gymnastics uh competition which 
Nothing wrong with that at all, but it's about karate. It's about being mean and fighting and all that kind of stuff. On the other hand, Tommy is such a man's man, a ladies' man. He can just do anything. He can grab. Oh, up. totally. He could pull off the most feminine. He could dress up like a drag queen in high heels, <laughs> doing all these karate moves, and he would be like, "Yeah, now that's a man I can get behind." Are you? Are you? Are you telling me he's the drag ranger? <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, well, he's not yet, but you know, there's still another. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's spoilers. Episodes. That's coming. That's coming later on. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. But talking of bulk and skull on the beach as well, like what was with that mayonnaise advert? That Timmy P's little mayonnaise jingle. Yeah. That is so random. I mean, it's fine that like for those who don't watch the episode, which is very few people what happens is Bob <laughs> and Skull go to the beach they get a tan which is weird because there is no the the sky is cloudy there is it's no cl- sun yeah, at all it looks cold but whatever <laughs> we won't worry about that yeah it's clearly very windy as well <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, Bulk demands that Skull uh, lathers Bulk up with some sun cream and he yeah. squeezes the bottle too hard and gets excess white stuff all over Bulk's face and to substitute for the rest of the body he Skull uses mayonnaise which is fine it's, the jar is clearly labelled mayonnaise but, but but this is the point that Quinn's making is like when they introduce this, the mayonnaise there is a jingle there is a commercial jingle to introduce the mayonnaise and I think it's like I thought the jar was clear enough with the with yeah. the, the label saying this is mayonnaise, and I think we get it's mayonnaise. So why the jingle? And where did it come from? What? Where, where's the speakers for the jingle? I did bulk hear the jingle. Well, maybe. I, I mean, I kind of got the impression that it was playing in Skull's head. Like, as he picks up the jar. Because he knows exactly what he's doing. Like, he hasn't picked up the sun cream by mistake. Uh, he's pick- he hasn't picked up the mayonnaise instead of the sun cream by mistake. He's he's seen, oh, like, we've run out of sunblock. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna use this, a whole jar of full-fat mayonnaise. It's time to, to improvise. To lather, to lather up my, my big friend Bulk. Um, and, yeah, and then as he does, he's kind of, he he's almost has this sort of, like, flashbacky whimsical look on his face as if he's like remembering the tv adverts from like saturday morning television i don't know well, it's, maybe it's more of a case that he's done this before and he's like oh i'm reliving it it's it's happening again it's happening again possibly yeah i don't know but it was very odd he sort of again it's one of those it, it almost felt like the episode was maybe playing for time a bit um, and trying to be a bit funny when it didn't need to be because it was very action heavy and they could have been a lot more of that if they'd yeah uh, if they'd so wanted yeah and I think we need to ex- we need to examine why it was so action packed because as you highlighted earlier on this is two episodes of Zoo Ranger <sighs> cool, is it one. yeah so so it... so Quinn why don't you regale <laughs> us with these two episodes as 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 much as you can what the hell is going on why was there a baseball themed episode of zoo ranger in power rangers in a beach whilst doing a karate commercial so yeah okay so these are two entirely unconnected episodes of zoo ranger Mm -hmm. the baseball monster babe ruthless which is a brilliant name um whoever came up with that in the writer's room for putting this script together just like well done yeah Um, pat himself on the back as he's watching (laughs) the american baseball game just that very afternoon goes aha yeah we've got it 
so yeah, that comes from episode 23 of Zero Ranger, which is called A Knuckle Bull of Infatuation. What? Y- yeah, <laughs> I know. What a title. Such a, such a, such a, a random title. But it makes sense once we get into it. So... This episode of the two as well, this one had me in stitches because I was projecting onto it a little bit oh. and, and watching it how I thought it should be watch, uh, watched. <laughs> so it starts off with Dan, Boy and May playing baseball. Mm-hmm. And as always, as we know, at the start of any Zoo Ranger episode, there's a small boy. Yay! Um, <laughs> there's a small crying boy. No, a girl. Sorry, there's a small crying girl. Oh no! Called uh, Satoko, and she's crying because a boy has said she looks like a monkey. <laughs> so evidently, <laughs> Japanese children are very racist towards themselves. Self-hating, I guess. Self-hating nation, the Japanese, very well, very well known. <laughs> who love baseball? Um, <laughs> who love baseball? Apparently, yeah. So yeah, they're playing baseball. May's worried that they shouldn't be playing baseball because what if Rita attacks? Um, as if like baseball is going to distract them from going off and fighting monsters. Yeah. So yeah, this small girl's crying, and for some reason, it then like cuts to Rita. Uh, sorry, Bandora in her castle and she's annoyed that at this point this is this episode has come just after the the green ranger introduction so if you remember like during the during those episodes like they lose the zords don't they for a short period and then they get them all yes back. they do yes, yes so she's like she's annoyed that like daiju jin is back and that burai's now sort of moved over to the rangers and everything's going wrong there's a really weird scene with like lemmy and uh Whatever Goldar's name is, um, I can't remember the, these these monsters' names. I'm just... I should know because I've yeah. been this for thirty odd weeks. Hold on a moment, Lammy and Griforza. Griforza is Goldar. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's fine. Just just say a few more times. I'll edit in the right version. Griforza, Lammy. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> she's uh, there's a we- really weird scene where they're like lying on the floor, cuddling as man and wife, and they make a point of this. And Bandora gets annoyed that everyone's in love with each other. The children on uh, in Japan and like Goldar and Scorpina. Well, she's clearly jealous because she's getting no action. She gets Finster to dig out an old monster called Dora Pixie, which is actually for once just a child dressed in a baseball outfit. But the the helmet has these wings and this weird kind of like horn on it. And the kid's got vampire teeth. Wait, so hang on. Finster made a human child as a monster with a baseball cap and fangs. Yeah. That's about the size of it. No wonder they couldn't use this in Power Rangers. So this monster's stick is that it bats or throws these kind of like balls, red balls at people. And they land in people's mouths and then they fall in love with the first thing or person that they see so it's like a kind of baseball themed cupid yes it is a baseball themed cupid and cupid does get mentioned later on in the episode by the uh, mysterious sage bazaar which is like the zero rangers zordon but he's just like a withering old man but my favorite line from this entire episode and this is where why my mind starts to get dirty later on so when i start to tell you things uh that are clearly inappropriate it's because of this the baboo's counterpart totapak or totpat <laughs> says i refuse to believe those balls are truly magical oh <laughs> wow 
So that God sets damn up- it, Japan. <laughs> That sets up my tone for the rest of this episode. Dora Pixie <laughs> starts pitching balls and kiss chases ensue between children that start running after like planes and cars. They start like falling in love with like inanimate objects and vehicles okay. and walls um, and each other. <laughs> but if they if they happen to be staring at a wall, you'll then see a small Japanese girl dry humping a wall. That's terrible. I I know <laughs> it's ah. Oh, it, uh, it, gets, <laughs> it gets uh, either worse or better depending on your perception of this. So okay. the the, the rangers start to morph, but Dan and Boy get a spell cast on them. They they get a ball in their mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> uh, and they fall in love with May. That that kind of then cuts away to the this original small boy at the beginning that was bullying the small girl, uh, Satoko. And he plans to get one of these balls and basically date rape Satoko into falling in love with him because he figures out that if she swallows one of these balls that she will fall instantly and madly in love with him. Uh, um... Oh, mm. <laughs> this is a children's show. It, it, it's, I know, it's, I know, I know. So, because Boy and Dan are sort of like madly in love with May, they lock them up in a cage and they're like professing their love to may and this cage is like in their kind of cave headquarters thing with the mysterious sage bizarre old man person okay and he basically explains to them about this cupid character and that's kind of like what this baseball kid is based upon and he sort of explains that they have to break the horn on the helmet (sighs) they have to break the boy's horn to break the spell on uh that's sort of infecting but at this point all of japan um <laughs> goshi says that they'll need burai and uh, as we kind of know from zero ranger at this point he's only got 25 hours left to live goshi swallows a ball and then falls in love with his shark cycle you know like they're you don't see them much in power rangers but in zero ranger they, they appear a lot more often they have these like motorcycles i've only seen that once in power rangers by mistake when they didn't edit the yeah properly. you see it in the background of footage a couple of times so he starts sort of like caressing his shark cycle or his motorcycle Geki then morphs whilst... Um, oh, great, yeah, right. So Geki morphs and he tells May to go after the small boy's horn. Um, <laughs> and I've written the notes because she isn't that attractive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Geki and the T-Rex fight Goldor and Scorpina. So this is where the fight footage from the episode, I think, sort of starts to creep in a little bit. Like the T-Rex is fighting the life-size Goldor and Scorpina. The small boy that was bullying the small girl rescues the small girl from the baseball Dora Pixie baseball monster thing by basically tackle like rugby tackling him to the ground and like beating him up. Nice. May snaps the horn, breaking the spell, and then all the rangers return to normal. The pixie grows shooting some sort of pink substance all over May and the children. Which, as you can imagine, looks very inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Remember Japan, children's show. Yeah, I know. Uh, which makes them all fall in love. And then, like, all the children start to worship Dora Pixie, which is now like a giant monster trampling over the city of Japan. Goshi, Dan and Boy call on the Zords and start to battle the giant pixie. It's at this point they decide that they need Daijujin, which is like the Megazord, but the T-Rex is stuck fighting Goldon and Scorpina separately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is where we start to get like the individual fight footage kind of like attacking the thing in the 
MMPR. Yeah. They eventually decide they need to call on Burei. So the Green Ranger turns up on the rooftop, calls on Zord, uh, the Dragon Zord, or as it's called, the Dragon Caesar in the Japanese show. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one thing I noticed that was really interesting that PDT's never mentioned is that the Dragon Zord tune is the same, but it plays throughout the entire fight scene. Like the Green Ranger's constantly playing this tune to the. Really? So he's constantly the... playing on this horn dagger? Yeah. So it just goes on like it's an extended cut of the tunes. So you get like the and then there's like extra bits to it, and then it like cycles around to the beginning and like plays through again. Um, so and it's cl- so it's clearly a different recording as well. So like the American production team have obviously re-recorded that first bit of the tune for use in the American show, but then like just used it the once when they call on the Dragon Zord. I can imagine that they thought, well, this is going to get really annoying really soon. Let's just cut it down. Yeah, Yeah, probably. Jingles and that's it. Yeah, definitely, definitely that. The Dragon Zord fights Goldon Scorpina. The Zords combine, forming uh, Dragon Zord in battle mode. And then you basically just get the battle scene as it is in Power Rangers. Like, the they erect the shield to blast back that pink mist, mm-hmm. which is Dora Pixie's, like, love potion that he's trying to spray over the Rangers again. Drills a hole through the Dora Pixie. A nice shot of the Zords leaving the Rangers unmorphed at this point. Now they've won. There's like a, a forced perspective shot of like a pair of feet in like giant triceratops and saber-toothed tiger shoes. Oh. <laughs> and then the rest of the episode is like Geki is sort of questioning why Bureau won't stay, even though we know he's only got 25 hours to live. And then the small go- boy tries to tell the small girl that he loves her. She runs away and May tells him to chase after her. And I've written for a um but it's been... no! <laughs> well there was like there was a scene earlier on as well where it was like the small girl was clearly about to be <laughs> by a gaggle of small japanese <laughs> schoolboys because like they all fall in love with her and they all like pile onto her like in a corner of this quarry and i'm well, like maybe they just wanted a cuddle did you just not think about well, that maybe they just want like a like a mega cuddle I don't know. It looks a little bit more sinister than that. But yeah, Maze basically said, look, look, she is teasing you because she likes you as well. So go and chase after her and you'll have a happy life together. And that's where it ends. Okay, that was super in depth. And yeah, I didn't see that whole love Cupid story angle with the whole baseball thing. Cut all of that out. Yeah. Power Rangers episode and I think it's probably because the main Dora Pixie monster is a small Japanese child in a baseball outfit now see I didn't know that holds. I did not know yeah. that well, the thing is they could have easily taken this baseball section turned it into its own episode and just written something a baseball theme I think it's a really cool concept for an episode that would have translated really well for an American audience it's like especially with like an American love for baseball yeah, um, yeah why they why they couldn't have recast the monster because the suit isn't difficult to make it's just a baseball outfit with a helmet and a horn on it yeah, they I could mean, have made that themselves yeah i mean they they had a clown in basic clown costume in the american show why yeah. not just have a guy in a baseball costume and then when rita makes him grow then he t- distorts into a monster there you and i could write a better episode yeah of i know Rangers. it's so easy i think possibly what's happened is that they've been just trying to use up some footage because they i know in a few episodes of time there's like a, a another green ranger arc coming up and i think they're probably Ooh. trying to sort of like use what footage they have of the green ranger and the dragon zord mm-hmm. before things happen where that might not be possible so that's just my theory but but, but but wait, 
that how does that explain all the worms? How does that explain Scorpina? <sighs> how does that explain the fact they're on the beach? Yeah, so this is a whole other episode of Zero Ranger. Oh my God, this um, is going to be a like, super long episode of Ranger. Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'll try and keep this bit a little bit brief, but it's going to be difficult because this is just as not quite as ridiculous. But it's there's some really weird stuff that even I don't understand, and I've watched it. Okay. Uh, so the second part of the episode is pulled from episode 38 of Zero Ranger, and it makes absolutely zero sense at all. It's called Princess May's Seven Metamorphoses. Uh, that second emphasis mine (laughs) and yeah it is a bit of a it's all over the shop if you thought the first episode was nuts or the the MMPR episode sorry was a bit nuts this yeah the episode opens with Lammy slash Scorpina just as the woman from the Scottish Widow adverts going (laughs) around (laughs) all cloaked in black and everything Cloaked and black, yeah, everything. The, the only addition is sunglasses. She's going around drugging children in an attempt to raise an army akin to the Korean People's Army uh, <laughs> to battle the rangers and all the adults of the world like some sort of African warlord. Oh, no. The rangers intercept Scorpina at the fairground and she then encases May's dino buckler because the zoo rangers rather conspicuously always wear their dino bucklers on the front of them of themselves, even when they're unmorphed. Um, mm. They just flick them out and turn them around. So she that gets all tangled up by the Dora Silkies, which is the worm that we see in the Power Rangers episode. This prevents May from morphing and she's knocked unconscious. The other Rangers morph. They're then encased in the pink cocoon that we see in mm-hmm. the episode. However, in this instance, without the pink ranger, May comes to and for the rest of the episode... Basically, just battles Scorpina in a myriad of different disguises. These are her like seven metamorphoses. So she, first of all, she arrives and she's dressed like one of the three musketeers with a sword and everything. Uh And then, without any kind of explanation whatsoever, she's then dressed in this sort of pink dress with funny glasses and a giant sword shaker. That then changes after a little bit into a clown, and then a nun, and then a bride, and then a What's, sailor. Wh- wh- why? What's g- it, how come? There's no explanation to this. It just keeps switching back and forth, back and forth, between all these different disguises of her battling Scorpina, until Scorpina finally sort of captures her using this pink silk again, tying her to this giant concrete pylon thing that's supporting a bridge I think mm-hmm. at this point the rangers eventually blast their way out of the cocoon they rescue May Dora Silk is then grows sword fight ensues the end it ends on the rangers comforting a small child with some stuffed dinosaur toys that is it I couldn't work out what the story was meant to be oh. other than these children being turned into this army of sort of zombified little Japanese children, which at one point you do see marching through the streets, <laughs> chanting sort of like defeat the Zero Rangers or something along those lines. But other than that, uh, yeah. Wow. So that's a complete <laughs> difference from the previous Zoo Ranger, where it's super detailed and this one was just like a couple of minutes of explanation. There must be more to it than that, really. I, that is it. Like... The bulk of the episode are these different fights between May and, like, Lammy slash Scorpina, while the rest of the rangers are trapped in this cocoon. Okay, and did um, um, May get her head bumped at all? Or she, that doesn't, why could she not morph into something else? Or I, it, it just sounds like the whole thing is a case of 
she can't morph into her proper form because she's got a bump to her head. She doesn't remember who she is and, you know, that kind of storyline. But this is not the case. Yes. Yeah, well, she can't reach her dino butt club because that's encased in this sort of pink, sticky silk stuff. So she can't get that out to morph. So she ends up just turning up in all of these different disguises. But how she's changing into these different disguises is anybody's guess. There's no explanation there. There's no explanation as to why. All she says is that I can't morph, but I can still fight. And then she just sort of goes on to fight Scorpina in all of these different disguises. Well, not even disguises, because it's clearly her. Just different outfits. I guess the American writers did the best they could with what they had. Well, I, I, what I don't understand is compared, like, like you just said, like the first episode of Zero Ranger that's used with the baseball kid. There's a lot in that. There's a lot of detail. There's a nice storyline about drugging, I suppose, anyone to sort of fall in <laughs> love with anything that they see. Um, but at least there's some sort of explanation there. Like, th- there's a storyline that flows from beginning to end, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could just call it a love potion, whatever you, whatever you want to address it. They could have quite easily done that with just the American episode. Like, just cut out the Japanese stuff, had a monster that creates a love potion that makes people fall in love with each other, and then just gone on from there. What they've decided to do is cut that entire storyline out, use the monster from that episode cut most of the storyline out of this worm episode of Scorpina, have the rangers trapped in the cocoon like it is in the Zero Ranger episode, but leave out all of the stuff with the pink ranger going off and fighting Scorpina on her own. It's it's very messy. I think I want to watch this episode because it sounds <laughs> insane. It is. And it that's makes... the only reason why I want to watch it. Yeah, I mean... Oh. Okay, if I was a writer, I'd probably just do what they did and just do the the uh, growing into a giant worm and the bit where she gets out of the worm and wraps all the rangers up in silk. I think they did was that fetish they used was fine. Yeah, but the rest of the storyline, no, just, just make something up. No, there's no need to use any of the footage from this episode. Or yeah. if they had wanted to, just use it in an episode on its own. Just use a giant worm comes down and starts to defeat the yeah yeah with the, this giant the cylinder which. Is okay. Let's talk about the cylinder for a minute because it's what the cocoon type thing. Yeah, yeah, the big cocoon which the worm initially wraps up all all the um, Power Rangers in to begin with, which raises a whole bunch of questions. But the first that came to my mind is they were starting to complain that the air was getting thin and that they were unable to breathe. Yeah, I always assumed that their power suits were able to have like, like supplying tank. them oxygen or yeah. something yeah you would have thought so like they seem to have enough other powers that they would even be able to like breathe for an extended period of time yeah like going like be like swim cost uh swimming costumes going to water survive in space people that train on mountains for like marathons and stuff so they like used to training in like low altitude oxygen like, you would think it'd be a little bit like that. Yeah, but no, no. But... no. And then there's like, uh, they were trying all sorts of different things. And then they just go, oh, maybe we should just shoot our way out, which is like really dangerous. They're shooting with blasters. I don't know what's going to happen. What if, if it was ricochet everywhere and to start hitting each other? Yeah, like at least let Zordon try to rescue you first. Or, like, try, try and get Tommy to come along. Well, Tommy was no good. He, he took his risk communicator <sighs> right, off. Right, right, yeah. Right. 
Though risk communicators are a wearable communication technology, so you don't have to take them off and leave them places. You can do things with them. I don't think... Why is he always taking it off and leaving it in lockers and leaving it in bags? And... <sighs> Tommy's just like so famous. I don't want this heavy thing on my wrist. It's going to put me off my karate. So, oh, I mean, you're, maybe. You're, you're just so inconsiderate, Tommy. Your friends are going to need you at some point, And it happens all the time. Like, you think you might have learned by now. <laughs> That like you're gonna be needed at some point. Yeah, and and look, it's look. If you really, really wanted to be a Power Ranger, you needed to accept the responsibility. You're gonna have to drop everything to yeah. fight, fight evil. Yeah, he doesn't. I'm so angry at you, Tommy. In in the Zoo Ranger footage, because I think this episode comes after the Green Rangers kind of left the series. They're able to summon the Dragon Zord without him. There's, in episode, like, in universe explanations for why that's possible, and I think we'll get to that in a few episodes in Power Rangers, Mm -hmm. but it sort of begs the question, the number of times that Tommy isn't available to fight, and isn't ever there to fight, actually fight Morphed as the Green Ranger, he just turns up and summons the Dragon Zord. Yeah. Why they haven't just taken the ability to summon the Dragon Zord off of him already at this point i know and just and just kept the dragon dagger yeah. in the megazord I and mean, if they need it they can summon it yeah exactly like, the thing is we've, we've it's been shown in that very episode that jason has the ability to put the tyrannosaurus rex into autopilot i mean it was kind of assumed before but now it's confirmed he says i'm yeah my tyrannosaurus in autopilot and i'm gonna drop in the cockpit so tommy we don't actually need you we just need your dagger uh um, oh, this is the other thing that I noticed in Power Rangers. Like, Tell me. Re- right, so re- right near the beginning, Rita's got a headache, and yep. and Goldar's like, "Let me go and defeat some Power Rangers for you." Oh, mistress. that's not quite true. Rita goes, "Oh, I've got a headache. I'm tired." And Goldar's like, "No, you've got to lead us to battle." And she goes, "I don't wanna. You do it." And Goldar's yeah. like, "Yes, my so time she- to shine." But she gives her permission for Goldar and the others to go off and try and defeat the Power Rangers without her. Yep. And this is footage that isn't in either of the Zoo Ranger footage uh, episodes. Oh, I did wonder that, actually. Yeah, yeah. it's taken from a, a much earlier... I think it's from, like, episode 8 of Zoo Ranger. It's just a, a, a clip that I think we've already seen it in Power Rangers in one of the earlier Power Ranger episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just sort of reused footage of that. But at the end of the episode, she's sort of, like, telling all the minions off for doing such a bad job. And she's like, never go off and fight the Power Rangers on your own again. Like, you shouldn't have done this. It's like, no, hang on a minute. You <laughs> explicitly gave Goldar permission because you had a yeah. headache. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's standard issue, evil, bad guy, yeah. evil thing to do. It's just like, you just blame your monsters, your minions, or everything. I did like Squad going, but I wasn't even in this episode. Yeah. Why am I getting punched? <laughs> yeah, why am I getting told off? I like, I like how the writers have, like, they found footage of rita shouting at her cohorts but it involves characters that weren't in the rest of the episode so they've sort of like put in that little line just to fix that bit of continuity like i quite liked that they've they have having thought a bit of fun that there. far yeah i think we need to rate this episode at this yeah, point because this is ginormous <laughs> so much content so much stuff going in there and you did a fantastic job trying to condense two zoo rangers into one and uh in fact why don't you go ahead what, what did you think of this episode of the mighty morphing power rangers as an episode of power rangers on its own despite the little bit of messy editing and trying to splice two episodes together i think it works really well 
I think it's one of the better episodes that we've had in a long time. Mm. I mean, I know you you and sort of Pete have, have been having a, some trouble sort of between you, not necessarily agreeing all the time. Yeah, well, but... we've been seeing uh, therapy for that. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's going well. It's going well. But yeah, like some of the episodes have been weak. There's been like the odd strong one here and there, but like otherwise they've been like twos and threes. Nothing kind of fantastic. I think because of how action every this episode is, like this is kind of what Power Rangers ought to be about um, yes. and I think that's kind of like I think this, you're probably going to say the same thing knowing how you kind of like like them getting to the morph se- like sequence as early as possible and getting into the battle sequences and getting like yeah. long interesting battle sequences as well it's not just fight a monster power sword die the end we've got mm-hmm. zords fighting individually we've got actual battle plans where they're like drawing up tactics is how to defeat them mm-hmm. we've got that really impressive dragon staff drilling a hole through the baseball monster yeah that's pretty money We're, yeah normally you just get like an explosion and the monster like collapses to the floor but like this time we actually get to see some damage for once and i i also like the bit if i mean i also like the bit where um the worm gets shot with uh, the Z branded energy ball, and it gets like white, yeah. it's faded into nothing. So, uh, that's one of my favorite shots in uh, in any kind of uh, TV show. Yeah, it's really. I think despite its flaws, like there's some really great action footage that they've just about managed to to put together. Um, I think they could have done it a little bit better. Like the jumping in and out of the Zord bit was unnecessary. Like they could have just. Yeah. The, that worm monster could have just joined the battle after the baseball monster was defeated. But hey yeah. ho, they did it how they wanted to do it, and it adds a little bit of extra tension to the episode. Like they've almost disbanded the Zords, and now they've got to kind of like call them back and like jump back into them. Anyway, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think I would. I don't think it's a perfect episode, but I definitely think it's like a five out of six power coins for me. Mm, five out of six power coins yeah. for Quinn. Now, I'm going to say this. I, I, I'm with you in terms of the actions, in terms of the fighting. You, I'm just going to mimic exactly what you say in terms of the Zords fighting and the monsters and the individual Zords working together and then forming all these different modes. And the fact that they're switching is pretty cool and interesting. But I didn't like this episode as much as you did. Oh, man. And the reason why is because it's too... And I can't believe I'm saying this. But it's too disorienting. There is just... All I see is just padding and all I see is they're just trying to rush some stuff. And the the beginning parts where they're just trying to fill in some human storylines with the commercial and then they're just switching to the beach back and forth. It's it's too jarring. There is no cohesive story. And it's all this episode screams to me is... They were trying to cram in two episodes into one, and it doesn't work. They should have separated it out into two. That that way, it would have had more time to flesh out the story, make it more interesting, have a bit more of a comedy act between Bulk and Skull, which we all love. Yeah. And and the whole thing was a bit too disorienting. And it was it started off slow, then it really escalated, then it got really confusing, and then it just ended. And I was just left in a mess, going, "What just happened? What just happened?" So because of all that. I'm only going to give this three out of six power Ooh. coins. And it's it's me punishing the writers for back and saying... For doing a bad job of it. For yeah. doing a bad job. It's like, I, I do see what you're saying. I'm not going to change my mind, though. I, still, I, feel, I, I think it's 
I think they've done a better job than you're giving them credit for. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Especially when you compare it to that that second episode of Zero Ranger where it's just constant like changing from one bit to the next to the next to the next to the next and like Maze in a different outfit every 10 seconds and uh, there's no there's no rhyme or reason to that. I know, but the, they have the advantage of that it's just one story in each episode. Zero Ranger is one story and this was just Yeah, two. but that makes less sense in this Power Ranger episode. Yeah, but it's Japan. I'm just saying that for everything. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why. Maybe I'm sort of like judging this against the footage that they used and i know that they've done a better job in some instances in this episode than they did in the original Mm. Mm. but hey so there you go ladies and gentlemen and everybody in between that's our rating for episode 32 of power rangers but do you agree with us do you agree with quinn or do you agree with me let us know on Twitter at RangerPod. You can find us on Facebook, uh, RangerPod. You can also email us uh, at the address therangerpod at gmail.com. And, uh, and and Pete, whilst you're away for a while, why don't you let us know on social media what you thought of this episode? Yeah, it's going to be a very fun Wednesday morning waking up to having the tables turned on me. <laughs> <laughs> And that is the end of RangerPod. So, Quinn, thank you so much for joining me. No, thank you so much for having it, me. It's this has been brilliant. fun. This has been great. And join us for the next episode of RangerPod. We'll be discussing the joys of eggs and how delicious they may be. And the importance of don't steal your eggs. Don't steal? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, it's, it's much harder to come up with a quip. I mean, we can all know why Pete's the expert and I'm not. Uh, yeah. That's true. Maybe, maybe we need to like hire PDT on as a staff writer or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> write some gags for us. <laughs> oh. Okay. Just get him in the interview room and just. Oh, that's it. That's it. PDT has to do a karate audition to get a writing <laughs> job. Yes. Awesome. I'd love to see that. Anyway, so join us next time. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Grax. I've been Quinn, and we'll see you next time. Bye!